you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast. Welcome. My name's Phil McAuliffe and I'm The Lonely Diplomat. I write a blog at thelonelydiplomat.com for mid-career diplomats to reconnect with themselves and the world around them. Today's On today's podcast, we'll be uh, investigating the concept of home. And this is a concept that I wrestled with in a blog post that I published on the 17th of March this year um, called The Lonely Diplomat on Home. Now, for mid-career diplomats, the concept of home is really important and, and I guess close to our hearts. Indeed, for humans the concept of home is really important. But specifically for mid-career diplomats and diplomats in general, one of the things that attracts us most, I'm going to say, to this diplomatic life is that sense of adventure and that we that we have and, and that our, our jobs can help us fulfill um, that, uh, that, that longing to get out and be in the world, not just see the world, but be in the world while advancing our country's interests. So with that in mind, that adventure is a, is a key attraction to diplomacy, we love living in a place really living in a place over the t- uh, the duration of a posting over two over three four five years, and over that time we we do get to put down roots and and really live in a place. This is distinct to observing or or just scratching the surface of a city or a country when we visit there for a holiday or, or maybe a short-term work assignment. Now, the concept of home is, as I said, vitally important. And it's home itself is a physical place and it's a mental and an emotional concept uh, as well. Now, in wrestling with this topic, I sought the advice of my friend Dr. Dougal Sutherland from the School of Psychology at the Univers- at the Victoria University of Wellington, and he helped me a great deal and and said that home is a place where we feel that we are seen, we are heard, we are loved, and we derive that important sense of belonging and purpose. Now. Humans, and diplomats are humans too, will do almost anything in order to feel that sense of belonging, that sense of being seen, that feeling of being loved. And we will find it in places that may or may not serve us in our lives. So we can throw ourselves into work, we can abuse substances, we can engage in sex practices and and porn that that may not serve us. Um, We can throw ourselves into sport, exercise, gambling, shopping, more travel, anything really that can we feel might fill the void. So it was fantastic to to get that steer. And also um, I'm deeply indebted to a listener who 
um, res- uh, who reached out to me and, and suggested that uh, and, and introduced me um, to Katja Vlahos, who had written a book, A Great Move, Surviving and Thriving in Your Expat Assignment. And through this reader, I um, got in contact with, with Katja and we had a fantastic conversation a few weeks ago. And I was thrilled that she accepted my invitation to come and speak in this episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, um, where we investigate home as a concept together. So I invite you to sit back over the next little while and listen to this interview that I had this week with with Katja. So listeners, uh, home is a concept that we often talk about, um, but find it really difficult to settle on one definition. And I gave it a go uh, in my blog post, The Lonely Diplomat, on home. And home is a concept that applies to every single one of us because we move for our work. And when we sign up, to be a diplomat, we know that we will be uh, that we will be moving for our work. My guest this episode is Katja Vlahos, who has literally written the book on home and what it means for expats, including diplomats, to move internationally, both from a practical, emotional, uh, and and mental uh, level. So, with no further ado, I really want to introduce uh, Katja Vlahos. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me here. Uh, it was uh, it's an absolute pleasure. And, and Katja, you and I spoke a few weeks ago without sort of all these headphones and, and recording devices. Um, and for me, it was one of those those meetings that I think I posted on social media that it was like way past my bedtime with whatever time it was in Europe where you are. In it really was. <laughs> and I, I, I did my best. I apologize if I was a bit tired, a bit cranky. Um, but uh, um, I, I, I remember hanging up just going, oh, this is just such like one of those invigorating conversations. Um, and with someone who gets it and you got it so much that you've actually written a book. How, how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, first of all, it was indeed a, a very energizing uh, conversation. It's it's always wonderful to uh, to speak exactly with with somebody who gets it, right? I mean, it felt like you know you can you you yeah you don't need to explain everything, which is which yes. is wonderful. So um, yeah, so it's a pleasure to be back here. And uh, how did I how did I get to write this book? So, like most good things, it came out of struggle. So my own struggle, um, and specifically, I was um, I was well into my expat journey when, um, after a series of fun and smooth moves, I had one move um, where I hear a very strange noise. Oh. No. No. Okay. No. All right. Then I will. Well, I, I will just. <laughs> so <laughs> that was strange. Um, so I, there was this this one move that um, where I really had a hard time um, feeling at home, yeah. and I I could not 
connect to the culture. Um, I, I just, I just, I, know, I, I didn't like anything. <laughs> I didn't like the weather. I didn't, I didn't understand the mentality of the people. I, mm-hmm. I just, you know, and it, it really took a long time of me feeling uh, like things were off. At the time, I, I did not give it a, a, a name. I didn't say I didn't feel at home, but I really didn't feel at home. So, um, and I'm, I, by that time, you know, I'm a, I'm a researcher by training. So, um, so the researcher in me um, started asking questions. You know, why is this happening to me? Uh, why do other people around me, other foreigners around me, seem to be adjusting just fine? Um, I met a Greek person, very similar to me in background. We grew up, you know, pretty much the same way. Um, she was fine. She was totally fine um, and, 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 you know, felt at home. <laughs> so um, so I, I started asking those questions, you know, what are the factors that, that make a person adjust? Uh, why do some people struggle while, while others thrive? And, uh, and so, you know, somebody said, well, this sounds like a really interesting book. <laughs> I started writing the book and, and it was actually, yeah, it was actually the resource I wish I had when, when I was, you know, struggling to just move even at the beginning of my expat journey. I mean, yeah. knowing, just being aware of the concept of home. I mean, the, the, the book is not all about home, but home is like one of the main pillars of it. And just being aware of the concept and, and what home means, uh, meant for me is that that would have really made a, a huge difference so the idea behind writing the book besides satisfying my own curiosity was uh <laughs> help other people like me struggle a little bit less and um so writing this book was a way of doing that and and somewhere along the way as i was writing the book um i discovered coaching and i decided well this is another way of supporting people uh, who go through these kinds of transitions and, and often struggle, and how can you know? This is another way of helping them uh, mm. cope and even thrive in in their global life. So, so yeah. So I, you know, finished the book, uh, got my coaching training, and and kind of combined these two, uh, supporting people who are, you know, going through the world on this amazing journey. And lo, here you are. <laughs> and here I am. Yes, yes. Oh. I, I love it. I love it. I think that there's a couple of things that I kind of want to pick apart just in, in that answer. Um, and the book, which uh, is called A Great Move, um, Surviving and Thriving in Your Expat Assignment, um, is filled with fantastic practical tips that come from stories that people have shared with you as you've researched the book Um and we'll kind of go into those those stories because I think so many of us who have moved internationally, be it diplomat or, or other expat, um, can can see ourselves in the uh, in the people uh, who you've interviewed. But just something that you you mentioned just before, Katja, was you know, in the idea for writing your book came from your own struggle uh, to to settle in uh, to a place um, at the beginning of an assignment. And I'm going to say that you're not alone because we're never alone and we always think that, you know, the when we're in the midst of a problem uh, that we always think that nobody ever in the history of the world has ever had this problem before and nobody could ever understand, which kind of can can in a way keep us very quiet and stop us from reaching out. 
especially, and this is uh, sort of bringing in something that you just said, where other people appear to be thriving. So mm-hmm. one of the one of the things, and, and many diplomats, and indeed my listener, might actually be sitting somewhere in the world on a compound, uh, on a diplomatic compound, surrounded by by people that they work with during the day, and it might be the weekend, and they're hunkered in their apartment, surrounded by their work colleagues, and not really wanting to step outside to see people that they work with yet again and, and go and, you know, explore where they are. Um, but how prevalent do you feel that the perception of thriving as opposed to actual thriving is within the expat community? Yeah, that's a really good question because um, as you were saying that, I was thinking, yeah, well, that's also one of the goals of this book is to, you know, to show people, people like us, people like me, like you, um, that struggle is struggle is prevalent, oh. uh, that, you know, to, to help them recognize themselves in those stories because those mistakes are so not unique. That I mean, the book, all the stories are not about mistakes, but but it's you know the stuff that happens that is it is so common. You know, a lot of people like almost everybody goes through that. So yeah, it's it's you know taking that kind of perfection oh. uh, out of the the ex yes. <laughs> or the diplomat uh, image um, is part of it. Saying you know you're not alone. You know, everybody goes through that, and and they get through that. Right, and they come out on the other side, and it's it's a wonderful journey. But there is struggle, and and it's normal. Um, I, I mean, you you have you know both this this um, this this image of oh, it's a wonderful adventure, and we just you know jump right on it, and you know so many amazing experiences and broad horizons and all that. You have that a lot. Um, it really depends on who you talk to. Some people will just complain the whole time. Yeah. I mean, you have that, as well. yeah. uh, which is, you know, either extreme is good. You know, pretending everything is perfect is, is, is not helpful to you or to others, but also complaining about everything, it doesn't help you, you know, right. get through life. That's I right. find. That's right. So, <laughs> I, I try not to be part of those, you know, Facebook groups where it's all about you know, all the bad things that happen to people on a daily basis. There are challenges, right? I mean, I'm, you, we shouldn't be sugarcoating everything, but um, but you know, everything everything was measured, right? Like my my ancestors, the ancient Greeks used to say, everything was measured. Yeah. Um, I think it's just to be to be realistic and you need to be real about about how you feel and what you struggle with. Yeah. Um, but also be able to appreciate you know the, the beauty. Absolutely, of life. absolutely, and this whole moving thing. Um, I wish I had a better word there, but you know, it's the, the 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 lifestyle of moving internationally. Yes, has absolute benefits, and whether you're a diplomat or an expat, you know, your company might or might have um, you know a, a well-established program of sending people to work in other uh, other of, uh, offices globally. I was about to say embassies, but um, and. Uh, but you know the, the 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 thrill and the allure of of um, of moving internationally isn't um, something that's that's unique to to diplomats, but the 
wanting to um, not so much about and the wanting to project perfection is something that I think is quite prevalent. How someone codifies and and you know puts a statistic around this, I I really don't know. But you know I think that that desire to say that everything's fine and you know. I can unpack my house in two days and everything is spick and span and, you know, everyone's off doing their thing where they're meant to be at the right time and, you know, bedrooms are perfectly in order, etc., etc. I think that is an un, um, unattainable level of perfection, I guess, and we want to be seen as being able to hit the ground running and be awesome at everything, work, home, school, if, it, if applicable, um, in the community, right then and there. Um, so I wonder how does someone then create home as a base for those things to happen when they happen. Mm -hmm. So uh, just a comment to what you said, I am guessing that, that this, um, like that, that as a diplomat, you feel even more compelled to make things appear as if they're perfect, right? Because it's, it's not just your personal life. It's also you're representing uh, your country. You know, you have to, you know, everything has to look smooth. Uh, but also, you know, if you're dealing with non-diplomats, if, if you're uh, a corporate assignee um, and you have problems at home, if your family is not adjusting, um, there is a reluctance to admit those kinds of problems because it does reflect on, on, on your performance at work. It, it can influence your performance at work. So you try to keep things under control and, and you know, make sure everything looks smooth because you don't want people to think that, oh, you know, you're, you're too busy solving problems at home yep. and you can't focus on your work so there is you're very right there is this kind of urge to to show that everything's fine um but but coming to the idea of home and, and you know as i said this is something i had learned to struggle it's just being aware is 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 a huge first step being aware of what you need to feel at home um both before you move making sure you have all the elements there or you can so I think the keep hearing a very strong, very loud noise. Now it's better. Yeah, no, no, it's just come, yeah. it's just come good now. So uh, hopefully the the listeners okay. aren't beating really... their speakers up now. Um... <laughs> so anyway, um, so being aware of what you need to be feel at home is yeah. huge. So for example. When you, even when you decide um, as an expert where you're going to move, and that's not necessarily relevant uh, as a diplomat, but even sometimes, you know, you have to pick between two or three locations, right? Or yeah. to apply. Yeah, you apply. Um, yeah. How can, yeah, and how can I make home in, in this particular place? What, what is it that I need uh, as a person? What does what my family need if you're moving with a family? And let's not forget, you know, you're also moving with other people. Uh, what does my partner need? What my children need? What do we need as a family to feel at home? Mm. And in the book, about different um, different kinds of themes that that people tend to, you know, that concepts of home tend to um, tend, tend to uh, fall under. Uh, one is home with 
places or let's Oh, I think we've just dropped out again. I oh. promise I've paid my internet. Um, um, yeah. No, 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 good, good. So we're back to home, home as a place. Home as a place, which is like the traditional definition of home. So home as a location, which can be your country, can be your city, can be uh, your neighborhood. It can be the home you grew up you grew up in. It could be your room. I mean, it can be just your physical space or it can even be a landscape, you know, I... Uh, I feel at home when I'm close to water. So for yeah. me, you know, water is home. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, water in Greece where I grew up. It can be, you know, I, I live in Zurich, live, live very close to the lake. That's that's home for me, right? So that would be the the the, the place aspect of it. Then you have uh, home as a feeling, which is which is a sense of belonging, of familiarity, safety mm. uh, is often important. For people to you know that's this kind of uh, it can be like just a moment where you're sitting at the table with with your you know your your close friends and family that feeling can you know the feeling of home has nothing to do with location but it's, it's just like being together with and, and having a sense of belonging and and then the third type is is home as people which is um, as you know the more you move uh, the more home becomes about you know the second the, the second and third kind of concept than about location because yeah. you know you, you you know there's only so many locations you can get attached to you know in the sense of home so uh homeless people is you know it can be your family it can be your tribe which i call you know the people you connect with who have you know who get it who have yeah. similar backgrounds experiences um so so the whole relationship aspect of home and and of course there you know these concepts are not mutually exclusive you can you know you can have many different concepts at home, but, you know, they, they all come together, I mean, to, to create this, this, uh, this sense of, yeah, homeliness, I don't, I don't know how to say it, so, um, again, just to give you my example, you know, home, I can be at home in Greece, because I grew up there, I can feel at home near the water, I feel at home when I'm with my family, um, you know, I feel at home every morning when I go to my favorite coffee shop, and, and you know, every morning. I think, yeah, well, what's, the, what's going on with Skype? No, no, no. So, got you back. So, home with family. Oh, Skype. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, anyway, so home can be many different things. It yeah. doesn't have to be just one concept. But, again, awareness is, is key. And then being proactive about about uh, setting up home wherever we go or, or knowing, you know, if you... Um, you know, for example, you move somewhere with your children and you know it's, you know, they, they're really, again, my example, they're really passionate uh, soccer players. Yeah. Uh, well, what's the first thing, you know, you do? You, you find them a soccer club, you know, so they can just, you know, when you arrive, they go there, they, you know, there's this, this is something that they're familiar with, that they love, that, that's part of the sense of belonging as well. Uh, it helps them feel at home mm. much faster. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and, and you you know um, routines are, are very much you know helping create that that feeling of of home. So um, another thing you can do when you move is you know you think about you know what are what are some some routines and rituals we have either as individuals or as a family that we can maintain or you know recreate in a new place. Yes, uh, create a sense of familiarity and. And continuity, even if you're moving to a totally different location, right? You, 
you know, there's a lot of change when you move, but the more stability you can create and continuity you can create, uh, the, the faster you will feel at home. Like this, I'm, but yeah. I'm going to wait for them. It went away. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So again, you know, think through what is it, you know, I, when it comes to routines, what is it that gives structure um, to your life or, or to your life with your family? What are these elements um, that, that you can bring into your new life? Um, again, it, you know, it's, it's, it's different for, for each person. Uh, it can be, you know, your, your exercise or a hobby uh, that you absolutely, you know, love uh, practicing. It can be um, a morning routine that you do wherever you are. Um, as a family, it can be, I don't know, um, you know, pizza movie night on Fridays or, or Sunday brunch or, I don't know, you know, find the place where you're going to do that as a family in the new location. Um, yeah, so just, you know, I, I keep saying it, being aware and being proactive. This, this is this is it, and and you know I find in in a lot of my work, being aware, um, even before being proactive, is almost half the battle. So recognizing that, and allowing what is happening, you know, a move internationally, is you know whether or not you're moving to another location or finished your posting or assignment and are going home, that's a big deal it's a big deal and you know sure it might be you know an overnight flight and you know you you mightn't have your stuff for a few days or or, or, sorry a a few weeks or you know in the case of Australia a few months by the time things get here but it is um you know the, the there's the practicalities of it and I have to say one of the things I really loved about your book catcher was that it was very practical uh, on one hand, but then on the other hand, it recognized the environment in which the move happens. And specifically, um, the book contains lots of examples where the, um, the, the person who got the expat, um, uh, assignment in a company, uh, or a diplomat, you know, went along with their family um, and then, as we were saying before, you know, they would go into the office, um, work in somewhere that's pretty familiar, um, and, you know, often in the language that they're used to um, uh, working in. So extrapolating that to the diplomatic model, someone, you know, the, the, the diplomat goes into the embassy, high commission, or, um, or consulate, and... Uh, works in the Australian context in English all day, has, you know, a team, a large team, a small team, but a team of people who help them navigate through the linguistic challenges uh, of doing their work um, and then essentially leave Australia at the end of the day, uh, jump on public transport or drive home through the city that they're posted in uh, and then pop back up uh, at, uh, at, at home, um, where, you know, pictures are the same on the wall and there's, there's, you know, uh, the same language is, is generally spoken and you can kind of get into this bubble. There's two points that I want to raise here. The 
person who the the the, the posted officer so, or or the person uh, with the expat assignment goes into work. Their way of dealing with the unfamiliar can be to bury themselves in the familiar, can be to want to hit the ground running, make a great name for themselves, turn heads, get the attention, um, and start filling, you know, uh, what I call their clever book um, uh, with a whole lot of, you know, fantastic examples about how they're generally awesome. Uh, and, you know, how they deserve promotion or deserve another uh, posting or deserve some fantastic opportunity. On the other side of that coin is, uh, if applicable, the people who are at home, um, who are navigating a new school, navigating something as innocuous as, you know, going and buying groceries um, that you would otherwise take for granted. But, you know, when... You're in a place where not even the the language looks like the language that you can speak. You know, there's, you know, my mm-hmm. wife tells stories of, of shopping in Seoul and taking three hours because she had to hold everything up with, with um, Google Translate. And then she'd turn the label and she could see it in English. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is, um, sorry, darling. Uh, and it is, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the struggle can be quite, real because it is so foreign and so you've got different parts of a family indeed different parts of the self who go to work during the week and then on the weekend have to try and feel at home in this completely potentially completely foreign place i'm sure there's a question in there or a comment that you want to make <laughs> but yes well like i can yes yes no no <laughs> i can jump in if you want <laughs> well um Definitely, I mean, it's, it makes a lot of sense for, for diplomats, and it's interesting to hear your experience. Uh, also, you see it with, with corporate assignees, right? Because you have, even if it's, it's a different country, it's the same, if it's the same company, then you're familiar with the culture. Um, you know, if, if there's a company language, you're familiar with the company language. When you change companies, it, it can be different. But, but for people who are transferred, abroad they enter into this structure and it's not just the familiarity but it's also actual structure in their days and uh and and, you know they go in they know what to do they they often know people already Mm. um they have been put in touch with colleagues so so they enter the structure and and the partner is you know if they're not working they have a completely different experience no structure in their days um they have to deal with the culture like in their face Every day, uh, much more, and uh, and and also, you know, what happens often is uh, it was it was an interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're getting the hang of that list now. Sorry. Yeah, but it was an interesting detail that you said. You know, you're you're in the office all week, but then on the weekend you actually have to face a different right. environment, and yeah. there you're part as an advantage because they've been facing it all week. So yes. they're much more experienced, you know, they're cooler about it than, than you are. <laughs> I thought that was, that was really interesting. Um, but what happens often is, and, and what I advise people to do is, is to stay connected with a partner and to be aware that the perspectives are very different and, and the experience of transition is very different. So, you know, it's important that, that you check in at the end of the day or regularly at least during the week Okay, how was your day? How, like, what, what are you, what's your perspective? What's happening for you? Because it's different than what's happening for me. 
often, you know, people, in, especially in the beginning when everything is overwhelming for both sides, right? Yeah. Different kinds of challenges. Uh, people tend to get lost in their own world and, and not really, you know, communicating, you know, yes. trying to integrate and yes. trying to understand the other person's perspective. So really, really important, you know, again, awareness and, and actually staying, you know, being um, being proactive about staying connected, you know. You you put the days in your in your calendar, you set a timer, whatever, you set an alarm on your phone, talk to each other about what's happening, right? Don't don't lose that. Um yeah. That connection, I find that really, really important and easy, easy to lose. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say in here, this is, um, for, for readers of, of The Lonely Diplomat, the blog, um, you will be well familiar with the advice that I give uh, about the effectiveness and importance of kind and honest conversations. Um, and that kindness and honesty uh, definitely applies here. Uh, in this kind of situation, um, and kindness and honesty, a kind and honest conversation with the important people in your life, including yourself, um, and for all the joy and wonder and, and, and the voyage of discovery that, you know, the first few months, indeed the first year in a place can bring, we often don't allow it I'm gonna oh, bugger it we don't allow it to suck we don't allow mm-hmm. it to to you know to not be enjoyable and we we can kind of catch as you know we were saying before um you know go into that should should spiral you know mm-hmm. right this is something that i've wanted to do for years i should be happy i you know i've always wanted to live in this city and you know, everyone around me is having a great time and, you know, going out and exploring it. I should be feeling better about things, but I'm not. What's wrong with me? I should be feeling better. What's, you know, that spiral. And that can lead to a really lonely kind of place. And isn't this ironic? It's the lonely diplomat. Um, And uh, that, you know, it, it passes and you write in your book uh, about a concept that, that I received training on before my first posting, and it was invaluable. And, and I forget exactly what you call it, but it's the, the, the sort of trauma bell curve um, uh, where, it's a, where it's a V, where, you know... At the, right, the U, the U curve. There we go. The um, U curve of transition. Yeah. And, and while, while Katja and I are talking over Skype and we can see each other... Um, uh, so, listener, on on um, uh, through your ears right now, you can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but I'm making lots of words. Um, Good point. Yeah, <laughs> and and so you know we we we've all experienced it, or or can all understand it at least that even if you've moved around the corner, like the joy of discovery is is real and 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 it's intense those first few days or first few weeks or months, and then it's not a holiday anymore. And you can kind of get yourself into over something that you kind of expected or something that you really didn't expect um, that would would affect you. But we all do it. And you have a, a wonderful story right. of explaining to your son in the book um, who was having a tough time uh, moving, was it to, to Zurich? Um and, From Vienna to Zurich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and um, you know, the, the, the really touching story of, you know, tucking him into bed and, and assuring him using that stat or using that graph. Right. Yeah. 
yeah so just, just to explain the movement <laughs> and you know this is the um, the, the typical well. stages of <laughs> exactly the typical stages of transition they, they look like a, a u curve so you start up high you know in the honeymoon phase where everything looks you know everything is new and exciting and and you know it's an adventure and then and then it kind of slowly go down or so fast uh to the crisis stage where uh you know you realize you're here for a while and not everything is perfect and 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 some people enter at that stage some people don't get the honeymoon at all that that can also happen um and then you you know you slowly recover so the the curve goes slowly back up and then you have kind of the adjustment phase where you feel you know you feel adapted you feel at home and and these are as I said, the typical stages not everybody goes through them in the same sequence not a, you know every stage doesn't have the same duration for everybody but most people go through this this pattern of adjustment and and what i was you know trying to help my son with no i think you've just dropped out again i i should put yes. put another yes. 20 cents in the meter um <laughs> yes, <we laughs> to do. the modem right here <laughs> Look, we're talking from New Zealand, like you're in Wellington and, and I'm in Zurich. Come on. I mean, I know, we, I know. we should it's be like, like, very grateful. There's no undersea echo from the copper wires or, you know, we don't have, we don't have 20 um, operators, you know, between here and, and Zurich <laughs> trying to hold the line together. I, I don't even, I don't even want to know. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, it, it helps to have a sense of, of what transition, you know, what the stages of transition look like. And that's, that's just, that was a story with my son that, you know, I know you're, he was struggling and I was trying to say, look, you're not the only one who goes through that. This is what it looks like. You're here right now, but this is where you're going to be, you know, in a few weeks or a couple of months. And there is light at the end of the tunnel and you're not alone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's another one of, you know, the, the basic principles I talk about in the book, that it's important to know that this is what it looks like. Yeah. It, it really helps get through yeah. uh, the problem. The, yeah. the, I think the, the for me and my work, um, and uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, for, for your work as well, Katja, that three word if we're speaking politely four word statement you are not alone uh is really powerful um because referencing something back at the beginning of the discussion where you know you found yourself um uh you know in a in a tough place and that led you to writing this fantastic book and doing your work um and similarly for me on on a different topic but that um, that notion that you are not the only person ever in the history of the world to think, feel, uh, and act in this way um, is, or can be, at least it was for me, you know, quite comforting. Um, and all it takes, sounding like it's so easy, just all it takes is saying is being courageous being brave and saying you know what i'm not doing so well right now um and again something a little a fair while ago in 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 the discussion is you know about the 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 nature of being a a diplomat and starting um in almost all of my postings 
uh, and so there's there's four that that we've done now. In almost all, there's been nothing but a fantastic support structure um, that is, and I'm I'm fighting very hard to not do a very specific cricketing um, analogy right now, but uh, but 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 people who are ready to catch you, um, and yeah. should should you you know um, should you you know fall, uh, but we can be we can feel that we need to have it all together all the time uh, and power on through, but there are almost without exception around people, people who will step up and help if people have the courage to say, you know what, I'm not alone. Uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. coping. I'm not doing well. You know? Yeah. And um, that could happen on someone's first assignment, first posting. It could happen on their sixth. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I think the power of your work um, and what I'm aiming for, the power in my work, is for people to actually go, huh, I thought that was just me, but it's not. Um, Yeah. And so, it's okay. And it's, it's, it's and okay. It's completely it's okay, okay to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to say that to others, and it's okay to say that to yourself as well, right? Yeah. And to be real. Because it's enough to not be doing well if you also have to suppress it. That's even more energy. Oh, that it's you're exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. And it's not helping me get out of it ever, right? I mean, it, it makes everything so much harder. Yeah. So it's important to be real you know with your partner even with your children talk about it in the book you know how do i help my children adjust if they're not doing well well you know by not pretending everything's fine and oh you're the only one who's not doing well if i'm not feeling great okay i'm not gonna like show the full extent you know if i'm depressed i'm not gonna show the full extent to my children but i will be real that you know what i'm having a hard time as well you know which is what i did with children in Zurich in the beginning you know guys I'm, I'm struggling a little bit you know it's not always easy um other people go through this we'll get through this but yep. you know just being real is, is huge and also with yourself you know yes. allowing yourself yes. to not be perfect you know in our case for expats for diplomats you know it's, it's really hard sometimes to admit but but there's a very high incidence of, of mental health issues with expats, for example. And I think, you know, part of it is just like this urge to suppress it and to pretend everything's fine, you know, to have the good image, to be the supportive partner, I don't know, I mean, or to, to be the professional, you know, where, where everything's perfect. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, again, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I, I now know how to put uh, uh, an explicit warning um, on on this when I when I post it. So, and mum, if you're listening, please cover your ears. But um, you know, it it's allowed to be shit. Um, and uh, uh, you know, it's it can be such a, a, a wrench inside to to be finally doing something that you may have wanted to do. For years, living overseas, in the case of diplomats, representing your country, sitting behind your flag in a conference. You know, it's undeniably an amazing job that you can't do anywhere else, but it's allowed to be shit sometimes. Um, And, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a pretty good education and, and, um, can use words pretty well, but sometimes it's, you know, just speaking that, you know, directly and saying that things are just shit and that's okay is powerful enough. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and, and the other good thing that comes out of it, you know, this allows you to connect with others. Exactly. Being perfect doesn't do it as well as just being vulnerable, right? And and being real. Exactly. And, and people see that, that you're human, yeah. right? And they see that you go through what they have gone through or they are going through. And, and it's much, uh, it's a much stronger connection you can create there. And people which love to help. helps you get through it. Exactly. Yeah? And if people want to help, if people want to help, but if you don't ask for help, they, they can't know, right? They can't guess always. Yeah, yeah. So um, you're right. Listener again, um, Katya and I are talking through Skype. Um, if I was nodding any harder, my head would fall off. Um, uh, so I, I think I need to <laughs> nod more audibly or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And now Katya's right, speechless. That's great for a podcast. <laughs> Translate the image. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I've heard somewhere that, you know, podcast and radio are all about, you know, conjuring images in someone's mind. So, you know, uh, maybe maybe more talking, less conjuring perhaps. Um, but there's there's one final question that I, or one final concept that, that I want to explore with you, Katja. And, and this comes from some feedback that I got in relation to the post and indeed before I wrote my post on home. And that is about culture shock when we return home. Now, this kind of weaves in some of the the, the, the difficulties, um, as you've already said, about the, the many different definitions of home as a as a physical place, um, you know, as your tribe, uh, and you know, as as the, the the people you know that you're moving with. Um, how um, how do you find, sorry, let me rephrase that. When we return home and we feel that, that sense of, of culture shock, um, how does your work or how have you seen that or have you seen that play out uh, when the expat adventure, the diplomatic adventure is, is done for, for a little while? Mm-hmm. So in in terms of, of actual sequence of events, what, what often happens is people return home, um, have a hard time feeling at home. A lot of them uh, find themselves gravitating instead of, you know, people from their own country towards like expats, other expats in their own country, because that's, that's who they feel like they connect to. And what also happens is a lot of people just try uh, try to leave again and and leave again. Yeah. Uh, like they, they leave home because they just like they don't feel that belonging anymore. Now, what I always advise people who are moving home is, in your mind, treat it as another expatriation. Yes. You know, don't think you're going home. Think you're going to another foreign country, because that will help you prepare better. Um, that will help you ask for the support you need because often you get no support moving home because 
you know, from your company or from your country. I don't, I don't know how it is for diplomats, but I'm a threat that you don't get anything because, oh, you're moving home. Why would you need any support, you know, you know, whether it's tactical or psychological support. And, um, and so that way you can be, you, you know, you can manage your expectations that it's not necessarily going to be a smooth ride. There will be challenges, you know, be curious, um, be patient, have a sense of humor because you're going to need it. So if you're prepared that way, I think it makes it a bit easier. And, and the reason why people struggle so much is because they really don't expect it. You know, I've, I've talked to so many people moving back home. And when I tell them about, you know, it's a foreign country. Really? Oh, we're moving home. Like, really? <laughs> really? Is. Yes. You it know, is. and if things turn out to be easier than you expected, great. You know, but at least you're not there clueless yeah. about what's, what's coming at you. And, and the other thing that happens if, if you've been an expat or a diplomat for a long time, your children, you know, your home is not necessarily the home for your children. Oh, yeah. And, yes. and, and you can, yeah, and often you have children going back home, which is not really home, sorry, I did air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Conjuring <laughs> images, yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and they, they feel the pressure to feel at home. Yeah. Uh, it's not home. So there it would really help if, you know, you're, you're, communicating with them or you're offering them support and, and, and telling them, yeah, I, I, I realize that's what's happening for you. It's okay not to feel like this is your home the way it is, you know, it's supposed to be for me. Uh, so all sorts of issues that come. And I think just, you know, expectations is, 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 you know, managing your expectations is huge in yeah. this case, you know, so that you can cope with this, what they call the reverse culture shock uh, in the best possible way. That's such a good point. And as you were speaking, you know, I was, Going back, uh, you know, in, in my mind, you know, so the times moving back um, to Australia at the end of postings and, you know, I'm sure um, many a listener was also sort of, you know, um, uh, uh, sort of looking up in the corner of their room lost in thought um, about how they have experienced and if applicable, their families have experienced that sensation of you know the plane uh arriving home being like a dump truck uh and you just kind of you know offloaded um uh, I'm, I'm making the the dump trucks motion with my yeah. hands yeah. um but you know, just just kind of being offloaded and then going yeah welcome home see you at work on monday um and yeah it's it's oftentimes it can feel like you have just returned from um, a, uh, a mission to Mars and you're saying, you know, all these things that, you know, were your life, uh, and, and the people at home who have stayed at home just sort of go, oh yeah, whatever. And <laughs> just sort of, you, know, you don't really, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody's interested. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> really? that's nice. Or they're interested, but you have, you know, a very finite window of interest. Uh, for a week and, or two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just like, oh, there's another story from when they were on posting. Yeah. Oh, you know, and people coming over to your house don't point out anything because they don't want the story of where you got those pieces <laughs> of art or, you know, those those little knickknacks or something. Or, you know, um, so yeah. uh, which, which can then lead to those feelings of isolation and going right back to, you know, the... The, the, the point that I raised in the blog post, um, but, um, you know, home is that sense of belonging and purpose. 
uh, and where we don't have that sense of belonging, which is understandable when you're talking culture shock, going somewhere else, but that reverse culture shock we often, I feel, completely discount and put ourselves very quickly on that should spiral, uh, descending in the, I'm home, Damn. I'm with family, I should be happy, um, you know, I can speak the language, I know exactly how things work here, I know, you know, I should, 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 no, no, it's allowed, it's allowed to suck again. Yeah, 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 absolutely, and what you describe is, is a very common experience that you, you get back and you're all excited about your life, but that doesn't really fit anymore no. with, with what's supposed to be home and, and people have changed or, or they've gone on with their lives. You've changed. The dynamics are very different now. Uh, it's different when you go visit, right? Yes. When you're on a post and go visit everything, you know, everybody wants to see you. Everything is exciting. When you move back, you know, they see you once and then they're, they're busy with work and, yeah. and then, you know, you know, three months pass before you see your best friend yes, and, exactly. and people really don't it. And, but they don't, they can't make sense because like you said, all the logical elements are there, you know, you know, the language, you know, the people, you know, how things work. You're supposed to feel at home, yep. except it's not you anymore, right? No, it's not, no, it's, it's with you us and, and everyone over that sort of three or four years is, you know, leveled up and, and, you know, potentially even paths have diverged, um, which can be a very yeah. tough realization to make, um, uh, and, you know, we can deny our own stories, our own experience in order to fit in. We can put the mask on of, or take the diplomatic mask off uh, and yeah. be, yeah. you know, a regular person again. And, you know, I hasten to add that diplomats are always real people. Um, but, uh, you know, when we're home, we don't have to wear the diplomat mask. Um, we're just regular civil servants, government workers or, um, or, or public servants. But that can be quite an adjustment um, and your advice of treating it like another posting, another assignment, I think, um, was a really fantastic um, recommendation uh, from your book um, and which is just filled. Like um, I read it on Kindle and... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, like I, I just found myself almost every page uh, highlighting something uh, and, you know, bookmarking it to, to, to keep on going back to. So I feel that I'm going to have to get it in hard copy uh, and put <laughs> put a whole lot of post-it notes on there and through my work uh, keep on uh, referring back to it. It is that good. So thank you. Oh, I I'm humbled. Thank you. I'm really <laughs> glad it was helpful. I'm really glad it was helpful. But just, just one last comment. Um, when you said, you know, you can't adjust to what people expect of you. Yeah, but how, how real does that feel for you? Like if you have to be somebody you don't, right? So that, that's another big struggle, right? You have to be somebody else. And, and why should you? I mean, that's why people leave in the end because they feel like, I cannot be that person anymore. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I'm not anymore. Yeah. Um, and, I need and to go somewhere where I can be who I am. Exactly. And this is a big, big clue to my work where connection is the fifth of five um, central themes. And that's not just connection mm -hmm. to say that, you know, I've got the phone number of such and such important person in such and such a country in my phone. Um, 
that is connecting to uh, yourself first, knowing who you are and being unashamedly and unapologetically who you are, um, which is hard because doing that, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody is going to warm to you. And for many diplomats, myself included, that is so hard. But it is so important to go, no, bugger it. You know, in sort of two weeks' time, your opinion of me doesn't matter. Um, And my opinion of myself, those core people in my life, their opinion of me matters more than some you know, random stranger or potentially someone who has been really important is no longer important. That's, that's the hard thing. And that, ha- and that happens and that's okay too. Exactly. But it's hard. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Well, yeah. But they're not alone. No one's alone. No one's alone. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, Katja, this has just been an absolutely fantastic talk and I'm glad that the last 20 cents uh, into the modem here has... has it worked! Charm. Um, <laughs> it worked! <laughs> I feel that that we could be coming back to you uh, uh, into the future and, and teasing out some more of these ideas because I've got a thousand more questions uh, and I could talk about this stuff for, for hours, as, as you know, as we did. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun and love talking with you. No worries. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Katja. Until next time. Until next time, for sure. Take care. Bye. It was just great to interview Katja Vlahos for this podcast, and I want to thank her again for being so generous with her insight and with her time. Her book, A Great Move, Surviving and Thriving in Your Expat Assignment, is available wherever you buy books uh, online. And I really recommend that if you are about to embark on your first posting or you're about to embark on your fifth or, or, or sixth or whatever, there is something that we can always learn from moving. And her book is the best resource I know to help us move well, physically, emotionally and mentally. So I've got some questions for you um, as we wrap up this, uh, this episode. How do you go about creating home for yourself? How do you go about creating home for, if you move with other people, for those traveling with you? How do you support each other? What gives you this is, a, this is a really important question. What gives you that sense of belonging and purpose that home gives us humans? Do you feel seen? Do you feel loved? Do you feel that you belong and have a purpose at home? I'd love to hear your thoughts and you can share them with me via email by sending an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com 
feel free to share your thoughts through social media. So uh, The Lonely Diplomat is on Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. And you can also feel free to share your thoughts through this service that you're listening uh, to this podcast through, um, which could be SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or indeed through my website. Speaking of my website, which is thelonelydiplomat.com, I have created a place for diplomats to come and get the support and give the support that they need from other diplomats in the lounge. Now, the lounge has been set up exclusively for diplomats and knowing the sensitivities that we have in engaging with some of the topics that I raise on my blogs and in um, or in my blog posts and on my podcasts, um, I understand that you don't want the world to see your struggle. There's a blog post in that, rest assured. But the lounge has been set up so you can engage anonymously. You can call yourself Mickey Mouse if you want, uh, because the critical part is that you feel that you have a place where you can engage as yourself, not as the diplomat representing your country and doing your job. So feel free to come and uh, engage in the podcast thread on uh, in the lounge if you're a member. If you're not a member and you're a diplomat, please consider coming and joining us. Um, and finally, I would like to invite you, particularly if you're listening through iTunes, to give me a five-star rating, if I could be so presumptuous to say that you will give it a five-star rating, um, because every, um, every great rating um, helps spread the word of the Lonely Diplomat podcast and my work in general. So that said, nothing, absolutely nothing, substitutes the favorable word-of-mouth recommendation. So I really appreciate all of you who are telling your friends and colleagues and talking to them uh, about the issues that I raise in my blog posts and here on the podcast. So anything that you can do to help spread the word of my work to assure, to reassure mid-career diplomats, diplomats in general, and indeed people that they are not alone in the struggles and challenges that we face in our mid-careers. That is extremely helpful. So on that note, it sounds like you're getting ready to leave. Until we speak next time, thank you so much for joining me today. And remember to be awesomely, humanly you, because the world needs more. listening.